0: You're listening to the Seek Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC Network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Welcome, everyone. It's great to have you here on the Seek Go Create podcast. This is episode number five, the fifth episode for season one, The Journey. And this one is all about marriage And I am sitting here once again with my wife, Glory. And just as a quick recap in this season, we have gone over some very challenging situations we've experienced in our journey. Financial issues that were dealt with in the collapse of 2008, that was episode one. Spiritual journey, primarily for myself and and things related to that in episode two just money in general and how to deal with it in episode three. And, and and also in episode four, it was kind of interesting. I had Glory join me and we, we were able to talk about our ups and downs and financial issues related to our children and how it impacted them. So go back and listen to those if you haven't. But today I have my wife, Glory. Hello, Glory. Hello. It's great to have you again.
1: Thank you to be here.
0: I know you're excited about this. You love being interviewed, don't you?
1: No, (laughs) but we'll do it. She she was
0: actually even saying, can't you just do this by yourself? You know, it doesn't bode well if you have a marriage (laughs) discussion and it's just the guy talking. So do you understand?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: All right. We have been married for how long?
1: 30, almost 31 years.
0: And it has been absolutely blissful. (laughs)
1: it's been good (laughs) i won't say blissful every moment but it has been the best decision i ever made was marrying you
0: she has a smile on her face (laughs) we have been married for over 30 years at the time we're recording this Mm -hmm. and we have had many many ups and downs we're going to be talking about some of those on the episode today And we have made it through it, which we're excited about. We're excited about where we're at. We were just discussing this earlier. We've been married 30 years. We're at a time where a lot of people might be talking about, I don't know, retirement or, you know, what to do to maybe slow down. And both of us said what?
1: (laughs) Doesn't it feel like to you, we're both just getting started?
0: We're just kind of just getting ramped up, right?
1: I feel like a young thing still. And you look like a a young thing too. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That we've got a lot of life left in front of us, and we're just getting started.
0: Yeah, and one of the things we've always said is that we believe that many of our experiences, things we've been through, is really just preparation for things in the future, and and sometimes we don't know what we don't always know what our assignment is and what we're expected to do and what God has in store for us or what we even we have desires to do. But but we do know that we've been through a lot of interesting things <laughs> and we still love and adore each other. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Just want to get that on on <laughs> recording here and And that we do have a lot of things in store in the future, we're excited about that, so currently we are recording this at the table mm-hmm. in our
1: in our r v our motor home,
0: and we are on the coast of Oregon, yes, and we travel we do, and we are together
1: twenty four seven
0: just about twenty four seven we both have our work, we both do things and and, and again, this is being recorded, so is that good or bad that you're with your husband 24-7?
1: It's good, but we've been doing this for 28 years of our marriage, so we've worked together in business, Um you know, we do enjoy travel days because uh, Tim drives the RV and I drive our car and I follow him. And at that point, we can both listen to the music we want to listen to or the podcast that we want to listen to or the books that we want to listen to. And, you know, so it is a nice just small little break. But we do we do well together.
0: Yeah, we're, we're always amazed when we hear people talk about how they just really want to be away Mm -hmm. from their spouse and listen we get it we know that you know we need quiet time we need our alone time and different things like that but we've really never done a lot of girl trips guy trips go hang out with our friends Mm -hmm. i need to go away you know four weeks out of the year to spend time and like you said we've spent most of the last 30 years together in business together and for those that are listening, that are business owners, entrepreneurs, or in family business, we've done that. Yes, we have. I've worked corporate while we've had a business.
1: I've worked corporate.
0: <laughs> Glory's working corporate some now, and yeah. and while we still have business and travel, so we've seen quite a bit of, I guess, quite a bit of things while we've been together, and it's been very exciting. Mm-hmm. That yeah. might be one way of saying it. So. What were your thoughts the first time you laid eyes on me?
1: <laughs> um, I think that's her boyfriend.
0: That was your first thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I was with someone else. Yeah.
1: So I would never have really registered because you were with somebody else. So, sorry.
0: Yeah, that's part of the story. I was hopeful <laughs> that she might make something up there, but nope, she told it like it was. I actually, it was love at first sight for me when I, maybe a little lust, but love at first sight with the beautiful, beautiful uh, Glory Freeman at the time. And and I was smitten immediately. I always kind of joke with people is that my relationship with her is about a year and a half longer than her relationship <laughs> with me me because I saw her, was smitten with her and I wanted to be with her and was working towards doing that and she barely even knew I existed and thought I was with someone else when we first met and all of that. So, so but we were able to eventually get yes. together and I was quite persistent.
1: Mm hmm. Yes you were.
0: Yeah. How'd that work out?
1: Uh, well, we're here thirty something years later, so I guess that worked out well.
0: <laughs> and what did you what did you tell us on an early date? What did you tell me that probably oh. should have caused me to, to, to turn around and run?
1: Uh, that I hated men. I didn't want a relationship and if that's what you were interested in, just forget it. So I, and I really did. I had, um, my father, uh, had abandoned, uh, had abandoned my mom and I, uh, when I was in right going into high school, I guess. And, um, and I had seen a lot of abuse in their marriage. And so as far as men went, I just figured it was better off just to stay single and not ever worry about that. So I really had no plans on ever getting married, ever having children. I was just going to take care of me. And so, um, when he made it known that he would like to be in a relationship, I'm like, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> not going to happen. And, um, that was actually a very long drive home that night from that date. Can you, can you
0: imagine? <laughs> well, what's interesting about this, and <laughs> I, I think this is important. We, many people, Glory and I have just found that we have people come up up to us all the time and they say, oh, y'all, y'all have such a great marriage. And we appreciate that. We really do. And we, we work, we really work hard at mm-hmm. having the marriage and relationship that we have. But there's also this, this thought that they have. And sometimes it's verbalized that things must have always been great <laughs> for you too. And maybe the purpose of this is to just share a few reasons that could dispel that myth because it wasn't. In fact, we most likely had some built-in conflict right out of the gate. And this might be a good time for me to just share a little bit about some of our backgrounds and Lori can chime in. I was from a family that my, my parents were together. I had a, had a younger sister and we were, everything looked pretty good. I mean, there's always issues that families deal with, but. Nothing traumatic like divorce separations or or abuse or any of those things like that. And Glory's Glory's the way she was raised was a little bit different. Share share a few things. I mean specifically there were a few life events yeah. that really impacted um. you. And then our relationship later it impacted that because right. we were from two different kind of upbringings.
1: Um Probably the first traumatic thing was that uh, my younger brother, when he was three years old and um, I guess I was six, was diagnosed with leukemia and uh, fought that battle for two years. And when he was then five and when I was eight, he passed away. And... That was uh, very, very difficult. Uh, we were close. Um, and my father was a minister. And I, I understand where he was coming from, but he didn't really want us to grieve. We, he wanted us to celebrate Mark's life, which I totally get. But I think that there were, ended up just being some things that my mom and I probably never dealt with. From that grief of her losing a child and me losing a sibling, and um, then a couple of years after that, my father was such a talented musician and um, was all was a, had become a minister. Um, But one thing about my dad, he was either like living completely for the Lord or living completely not for the Lord. There was kind of no gray area for him. And, um, after, after my brother's death, he stayed in the ministry for several more years, but then eventually kind of got out of the ministry. Um, he went back to entertainment, um, and, uh, he had been a, a former alcoholic and, began drinking again some and so there would be fights in our household and you know glasses thrown against the wall and um i think unfortunately my mom maybe out of her pain that she was feeling new buttons to push and so it was actually a very volatile um childhood and um then eventually I think it just got too much for the both of them. Uh, my father ended up having an affair, they divorced. And that was when I was a freshman in high school. And after that, dad just kind of, um, left the, you know, left my life pretty much. My mom had a lot of anger. So, and I, I probably had a lot of anger. And so when Tim met me, uh, mother and I had Pretty much. Well, when I was 13 years old, mom had also attempted suicide because she just didn't know how to deal with it all. This was right when I was going into high school, um, and so I don't know. It was just it was just a volatile, difficult time. And so Tim steps into all of this, and I'm at first going, "No, I don't want any kind of relationship." But thank goodness for his persistence and. <laughs> <laughs> and that drive and him wanting to stick with that. And um, and at first, my mom was good with it until she realized that we were falling in love and odds were very good that I was going to leave her and go get married. And I cannot, well, I guess it was every single one of our showers, um, my mom would say any mother would be so, so blessed to have Tim as their son-in-law. It's just that I don't want Glory to get married. She's supposed to grow old with me and take care of me. And again, I know this was out of her pain. And I love my mother. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all in sharing any of this. Um, But I do think that, you know, maybe we can help somebody by sharing some of the struggles that we've had. And this was definitely one of the struggles because I felt extremely pulled. I literally felt like I was on a rack, a torture rack, and I was being pulled one way by Tim and one way by my mom and that I was literally going to rip in half. And that's just a really, it's a difficult place to be.
0: Yeah. One thing that's interesting. I want to, I want to add in here a little bit of my personality that helped and hurt this situation one of the things that helped it will back up to that date that we had that was early on in our relationship where glory basically said i hate men i don't ever want to deal with men and i had just been raised with the mindset and attitude that i was kind of awesome and in many ways that's a good thing my parents had kind of told me that i could do things and do well and i didn't have any of the the challenges that glory spoke of when she was growing up and so even when glory spoke to me and said i hate men i don't ever want to you know be around men etc i literally looked at her and i remember this thinking i'm sure she's talking about every other man out there except for me (laughs) that literally was the attitude that i have and i think if i didn't have that attitude we would have never gotten together Mm -hmm. because i would have i would have packed up and left because who wants that type of rejection? (laughs) So Glory, who just shared probably how she has faced tremendous amount of rejection from, you know, a a sibling dying to father leaving and abandoning. There was even abuse and things to, you know, mother attempting suicide at, you know, at, at the age of 13. And then I step in and I probably have a piece of an attitude she would like. But then also that attitude was gonna be very conflicting with her mother's attitude. And so the good part of that attitude is, is I saw Glory and I said, we're to be together. And she's saying these things, but she's not talking about me. The negative part of that attitude is, is that it probably was going to highlight the differences and inflame the situation in many ways. And when Glory talks about being split and separated, I thought that when we got married, it would be, okay, great. We're going to lead this nice, happy life. And she was still dealing with a mother that had literally thought they were going to grow old together and Glory was going to take care of her, was really what was said many times. And correct me if I'm wrong on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mother, um, for her, it felt like she was going through a divorce again. Um. which I know is not right
0: we'd heard the terms codependence yeah. is that yeah. accurate?
1: Yeah, and you know it's a difficult thing for me because when you're the child of uh, an alcoholic they say that there's usually two paths you go on. Number one you become like them and you can also become an alcoholic or the other path that a lot of um, children of alcoholics go on is that of the superstar. You want to so be perfect that you don't ever inflame the situation or cause anybody to get out of hand or be the reason that they're going to drink or whatever. And so I think I carried that over because that's the way I was. I was, I always tried, you know, to, to be perfect. Um, and, so, I think I carried that over into my relationship with my mother, too. And so, you know, I was always trying to say the right thing to help her not be depressed or, or do whatever I could, you know, to help the situation. And then when I was feeling so conflicted and torn between, you know, the man that I love and I want to go build a life with or my mom, it was, it was, um, it was very challenging. Very challenging. A lot of anxiety. Um, a lot of just gut wrench of, gosh, what, I know it's okay for me to go get married. I mean, people do this all the time. And I think both of us thought that once we went down the aisle, things were going to, it would just magically change. Don't you
0: think a lot of couples do Maybe that?
1: Maybe so, that it's going to be, you know, oh, well, once we get married, it'll all be beautiful. I'll, I'll and change
0: her, she'll change him, <laughs>
1: and, and then, all and all
0: the in-laws will yeah. get in line. Yeah. And that's probably yeah, totally... <laughs> unobtainable would you think
1: perfection is un- unobtainable yes
0: yeah don't so. see a lot of examples of that well and, and and again what we've talked about is it is glory was looking for perfection trying yes. to trying to please trying to please husband trying to please mother and probably neither one was actually totally possible yeah. and we we were married and i was probably attempting to protect and probably separate my wife in many ways from something I saw that was obviously hurting her and harmful and thinking I could fix things like some Superman. And it kind of came to head within our first six months of marriage. And I'm going to let Glory share about this in whatever way she wants, but it's part of our story. And it's just something that, may be helpful for someone to hear but it was extremely difficult so glory will you just kind of let people know with how you want to share it
1: yeah um we we had been married just right at six months and uh had had a kind of rough weekend um with my mom and a lot of back and forth and and so my mom had gone home and she called me and she, she was slurring. She, it was, it was really a strange conversation. And then all of a sudden it just went dead. And I knew because I had lived in fear since I'd, you know, since the earlier suicide attempt that she might tr- try something like that again, because through the years she had, I guess, used that as a threat. To cry out for help. Um
0: It was always in the back of your mind.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was in the back of my mind that this could happen again. And so I remember I remember just hanging the phone up and and grabbing my purse, yelling at Tim, saying, Come on, we gotta get in the car, we gotta get to my mom's house. He's like, What? Why? What's (laughs) what's up? And I'm like, you know, I think mom may have tried to commit suicide. We've got to get over there. So we drove to her house and when we got got there, and we were able to get in. I think I had a key, so I was able to to let us in. Um, Mom was in the bed. She was passed out. There was no response. I'm, you know, shaking her, slapping her, trying to get her to come to, and literally, Tim is just standing there, just looking at me, just like, a deer in headlights, really, because I guess I had been through enough traumatic experiences through my life. If there's a trauma, I can step up to the plate. I will take care of it. I will not fall apart until everything is done. And Tim, you know, he's led a pretty calm life and he's not used to anything like this. And he's just looking at me like, when this can't be happening. And I'm like, go call 911. And he goes to the front of the house and he comes back. He said, What did you tell me to do? I said, Call 911. So he did. The ambulance got there. They got her to the hospital. Um, they did not think she was going to make it. Um, in fact, I think on the way to the hospital, we're like following the ambulance and all of a sudden they just
0: lights go on Yeah, they, they sped are, up Yeah, they're, they
1: sped up. So we're like, okay, this is not good. So anyway, um, you know, and, and let me just say for anybody that is depressed, that is considering suicide. Let me just speak to you now, because I don't know that you understand what a family member could go through. I mean, literally, when I was a young girl and it happened, and and at this point, you know, we were questioned by the police of what all was going on. At a time when you're sitting in an emergency room, just hoping that the person that you love is going to make it, but you're going through getting questioned by a, a police officer about everything, and... You know, and then there's, um, of course, by the time this had happened, there was a a law in the state of Georgia that if you attempted to harm yourself, then you had to go to get some psychiatric help before you could go home. And so even just taking somebody and, and having to check them in a place like that, and then you hear the door slam and the locks lock, and that feeling, I mean, I just, if you are feeling depressed, please, please just seek some help. And someone to talk to because it may seem like it's the easier thing to do at the point when you're in such pain, but it, it, it doesn't end if your life ends is what I'm trying to say. So just reach out, get help. Um,
0: That's good. And I, I'll just want to chime in here because this could be one of these things where we're going in a direction we hadn't planned. Hmm. I have a difficult time seeing any advantage to someone taking their life, especially knowing what we saw being the people around it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, I know a lot of people might argue that, say, oh, people don't love me. They don't care. I disagree with that. I believe we're created for something. I believe we're put on this earth. Even if we go through a lot of challenges and struggles and And I know there can be chemical situations and things like that. So if anyone is listening to this that is going through things or have seen people with things, it's one of the reasons why we're really commanded to love because we need more of that. Yes. And people need to feel that. So I just wanted to pause her on that. And I did want to kind of pile on a little bit. I, I was during that time in such a state of shock. Yeah, I somewhat prided myself and I use that word pride in not a positive way in a negative way on being able to handle situations, (laughs) do things, be a leader, all those type things. And I saw real quickly six months into this marriage that I was into something that I was not going to be able to control and take care of that easily. So, so, and so we were six months into marriage at the hospital, suicide attempt, being interviewed by the sheriff, (laughs) asking all these questions. Taking your mother, who did survive, yes, yes. to psychiatric hospitals, uh-huh. and that was not the ending of that situation.
1: No, no it wasn't. Um, but the thing that came out of that situation was that in my mother's uh, suicide note, she blamed Tim for everything and his parents, um, you know, for taking me away. And and that was not the true, truth. That may have been how my mom was feeling because she was in a very hurt place and had been hurt for years. Um, but at that point, I had to grow up and be an adult and and literally, unfortunately, make a decision. What am I going to fight for? Am I going to give up on this marriage and fight for my mother? Or am I going to fight for this marriage and try to love my mother despite of everything that was going on? And, and probably Tim had to make kind of the same decision of, am I going to stay in this craziness and fight for it? Or I could just leave and it would be a lot easier. But both of us decided to fight. And, you know, we loved each other very much, but before we had ever gotten married, especially because of my my parents being divorced, one of the things that we had committed was that the D word would never be used. It wasn't an option. Divorce never was going to be an you just, option. You just said it. The D word. We yes, don't even I say well, that Well, it was because I was afraid people wouldn't know what I was talking about. So That's the first sure. time we've ever even heard I'm that sorry. word. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Edit that out. <laughs> um. Because we were ju- we had just decided we're just com- we're committing to this. I mean we were engaged for two years, so I think we had had plenty of chances to run before we ever walked down the, the aisle.: I was if- in
0: love with you a, a year and a half before you even knew who I was.
1: <laughs> so you know, um, yeah, so I mean I think I had to make a choice. Is it my mom or is it my husband? And it was my husband.
0: Because really, we need to add in here at that time, from a spiritual standpoint, mm-hmm. I was not saved. I'd been I going, didn't
1: know that because you lied to me.
0: Well, that's a whole other topic I think we <laughs> shared in episode two. But, but I was we didn't have the Lord to, to rest on. I believe he had his hand in what was mm-hmm. going on, not trying suicide and all that, but he was working with us but we didn't have that relationship with a loving father heavenly father that could help us navigate through that situation well glory may have i didn't you you didn't have the relationship you have today oh, no, i'll say not, i'll say it that it's way it's not near as deep as we we were not seeking after the lord like we did a few years later and have continued attempting to yeah so so that that was interesting we 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 were encouraged to go through counseling mm-hmm which counseling is great for many people we've had to do that on and off because this is not a situation that ended no at that time in fact it continued up until just a few years ago on and off based on some some relationship things and 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 glory has some relationship currently and and the relationship is still not great with myself but it it just shows you that some of these things are there we've We've managed it. We've been able to deal with it, but we went through some counseling mm-hmm. and initial counseling that we went through. Tell them how awesome that was, Glory.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it it was not great. That is for sure. We felt like we had it more together than the poor guy that was counseling us. So
0: <laughs> it might say something but about it, our attitudes yeah. too. Is that you know we we walked in and counselor started talking about things and I I was just still in a state of I can't believe that I'm here and things like that so but anyway so that was really our that was our first year of marriage Mm -hmm. our our blissful honeymoon time (laughs) and and, you know even kind of going back we actually had some fear that something like that might happen while we were on our honeymoon I'm reminded of that. Yeah. that there was some situations that occurred even 6 months earlier. So it wasn't an event. It was something that had gone on and it it did loom in our marriage for some time as we were raising children and 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 growing growing more together and I I don't know exactly what happened but there just came a time it was many years later but there came a time where some of the issues still were there, but it was no longer an issue within our household. Do you recall what that was? I mean, it was many years later. This was something that we dealt with for a long time.
1: Well, I mean, probably number one, a lot of prayer, especially on on my part about, you know, just asking for the Lord to do some restoration or something, and I really don't want to get into everything because it is a, it's a very personal part of my story. and But, you know, I finally came to a point where I had to draw a line in the stand. I had to be a mature adult and decide what was important for my family, my children, my husband, my relationships, me. Because I didn't want to live with the anxiety and fear the rest of my life. And because
0: we did have some counselors that would say. Do whatever you're told, you're the daughter. Mm -hmm. And just deal with the consequences that that was counseled Mm -hmm. to you at at times, which it's very difficult to have that. So there's I I believe anyone listening. This is probably going to be able to pick up on there's a lot more to this story. We're attempting to share some of the highlights. So what else would you like to say about that? I think, I think
1: the whole point to us even sharing the story is that any situation you come up against, you can really choose to go one of two ways. You can let it tear you apart or you can let it make you stronger together. And I think that what Tim and I have done over the years is that because we had vowed that we were committed to each other instead of letting anything come between us or tear us apart. We just always said somehow we're going to let this work for us, make us stronger, bind us together stronger and that we will weather the storm. And then on top of that, there was just a lot of prayer. That went into our marriage into different situations from the finances to being parents to you know dealing with family all of that
0: well and I'll even add to the prayer I think just spiritual growth mm-hmm. that we both went through Yeah. because I was a hard charger didn't like anybody messing around with my wife and family probably didn't respond well to a lot of the situations which made it worse, made yeah. it more difficult on you and others. And so just over time, I think that softened. Over time, we learned more of how to minister to each other. Over time, we learned more of how to really protect our family and our household in, the, in a proper way, as opposed to a way that inflamed situations. And And I think that was probably the more the, the lesson to be learned from it and but that's a great point that you brought up is that it appears as if things just continue to bring us together now the thing that we've already brought up and talked about in some other episodes you know marriage is a journey and there are ups and downs and if you're business people like I know a lot of people listening and we also consider ourselves to be in ministry and we also Parents as we're going through a lot of this. So we're entrepreneurs business people and we had companies as we shared in previous episodes during the the 2000s in real estate that did very very well and then in 2008 they did not and What we really found was that we were rocked very hard and I don't know that it was really our Relationship but our relationship I think was tested then would you agree?
1: In the finances.
0: Finance. When the finances went down.
1: Well, I mean, I guess tested, but I still, yes. And I, like I said, in the last. Because we episode, were, test- you know, were tested. We were tested individually. Tested personally, individually. Yeah. But I have to say, I never thought I'm just leaving. I'm just packing my bags and leaving. You know, I think I was. I think I was more like um, officer and gentleman. I got nowhere else to go. <laughs>
0: well, we didn't. We were. This is not funny. We were. Homeless, literally.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, you know, and and I wasn't going to go home to mama. uh, And uh, my father had since passed away. So, um, I mean, I was committed to make it work, no matter what. And, you know, another thing, as bad as all the financial stuff was, we had already been through things that were life and death, which is actually tougher than the finance stuff. So...
0: It's kind of like, you know. you know, I heard something said recently is that it's hard to trust someone that hasn't been punched in the nose
1: <laughs> or have the smoke a battle, on. Them. smoke a
0: battle yeah. or fought a battle. And, and, and I guess part of what we're saying here is that we know if, if there's married couples listening in, if there's individuals, so anybody, if there's anyone that might be moving towards getting married or think that you might, there are going to be <laughs> issues that come up and and you just have to resolve that you're going to work through do those. It. Yeah. So, so let's do talk, but before we kind of move towards wrapping up here, let's talk a little bit about that financial time from a marriage perspective. We were at a point where we really didn't know what to do. I had been for the first 20 something years of our marriage, kind of an entrepreneur idea business guy and I would roll out of bed and think of things go on a jog come home you were operations you could put things together and make them work and build websites and all all kinds of things you could if you didn't have the skill you could get the skill to do it and I appreciated that but we we literally were at a point after 08 when businesses were collapsing we didn't really know what to do
1: but I think one of the important things that we did do during that time was that we still got up every morning. We still grabbed our Bibles and we sat and what used to be sitting and studying the word for 15 minutes or 20 minutes so we could squeeze it in before we had to start working. It literally stretched to hours because we did have a little extra time on our hands. Um, And so we would literally spend hours and we would, I'd say, gosh, this, I just read this did you know it said this what do you think about that and you'd say yeah and and i just saw this and we grew so much spiritually during that time that i um i actually crave those days sometimes i think gosh just to sit and have the hours that we had that we spent in the word and then talking about it with each other was um amazing that that we did that um I had another thought, and
0: yeah, but we that that was really we learned rest. Mm-hmm. We learned yeah. that things didn't have that much to do with our effort, and that doesn't mean you are lazy and you sit around or anything like that. But remember, we and like probably a lot of people listening, we thought that we could go out and do just about anything, create just about anything, and we kind of believed that mantra: if it is to be, it's up to me. And and we found out after that oh eight downturn that really wasn't the case because we had done all the things we thought we were supposed to do. And, you know, even maybe where I was maybe slightly puffed up thinking, look at me, I'm blessed. See the, see where we live, see all of these type things. So did you think about what else you were going to (laughs) share? I was talking so you could think about it. It'll come well, back to you.
1: I do know one other thing during that period of time. I didn't really know. I mean, I, like Tim said, I had a lot of operations skills. I had um, different things that I had learned how to do just to run our businesses and uh, produce our products and get them delivered and, and all of that. But I remember just at one point saying, Lord, I, show me how to use these gifts and talents somehow. What what do I do? And so literally I was putting. put in touch with a couple of different ministries that needed somebody to build websites for them and so i was like all right lord i have nothing else to tithe so i will give you my time and the talents that i have here and so i did those things for free um and i think now some of the rewards that that we reap are from those seeds that were planted back then because I didn't expect anything in return for it. I was just happy to have something to put my hands to and felt good about about it. And um, so I think that was another important piece of kind of where we were in that financial. Yes, it felt like failure. Yes, it was gut-wrenching. But I will have to say in the back of my mind, because of the relationship that i would had with the Lord, I just kept thinking, somehow, there's got to be hope here. Somehow, we're going to get out of this. Somehow.
0: Everything's going to be okay. Everything's
1: going to be okay. I don't see how that's going to happen, but I just believe that somehow it will.
0: I'm, I'm going to ask you in just a second to talk about while we were homeless. We like to call it nomad. Yeah. But while we were without a roof over our head that we could <laughs> that call we our or whatever. Um, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about that time, but, and I may have also just lost. lost the train- <laughs> the- <laughs> oh boy, we're doing good. <laughs> but Yeah. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that, but, um, but I did want to kind of mention just to fast forward to people that that we now, I mean, as far as work and money and things like that, we are really in better condition than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. I don't, we're much wiser. Much wiser. <laughs> much more mature. And and then so the Lord
1: taught us some great lessons on how to handle money and yeah. how to think about money and prosperity and our gifts sure. and our talents and
0: right. So I'm going to ask you about the, the the journey when we didn't have a home, but mm-hmm. but. Tell, tell everyone what we've been through, how it has impacted us related to, let's talk about material possessions, because we had to get rid of everything, pretty much. And I know there are a lot of people, maybe sometimes women more than men, that would really struggle with that.
1: Um. Yeah. Well, I think in the last episode, we talked about, you know, things and how sometimes they can become a burden instead of a blessing. And when you said that we had to get rid of everything, that was because we really didn't have a place to store it. It was going to cost money to store it. And our kids didn't want any of it. None of that stuff was their style anyway. And... I think we were just to the point, let's just sell everything. Let's totally lighten our load so God can really just do what it is he wants to do. Now, we probably needed the money as well. You know, I mean, I know we did, but um, but it's quite freeing. And, I, and I, I know that keepsakes are important. I still do have a couple of the kids' clothes in a box. I think I have, like, one Rubbermaid box that has, like, all the little kids' keepsakes things. Um, one thing that we did do, we had had a friend whose home had burned, and she she had all her mother's uh, photos in storage and or in their attic, and they, they burned. And so after that, we bought just, like, a little scanner and scanned every single picture that we had, mm-hmm. artwork that the kids had done, newspaper articles, and so we knew that we had all that safe. And I knew if I had those things on just an external drive sure. that were those precious keepsakes of my babies.
0: One thing we'll be doing, uh, there's a uh, season two is going to be the Nomad Life. Okay. And we'll be talking about essentialism and how to downsize. So We'll talk more about that then. Talk about psychologically though, downsizing. What was it like during that time? And then I'll... I want to talk about before we wrap up, we're going to talk about what we went through as we you know traveled. it.
1: It was hard. Um, it was much easier for Tim. Tim has always been one that if he hasn't used something in a couple of months, he will just get rid of it anyway. I want to hold on a little bit longer, you know? And, and so he'd say, are you ready to get rid of this? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And maybe a week or two later, I'd go to him and say, okay, all right, I've come to peace with it. We can sell that or we can get rid of this or whatever. And so, like I said, I really, as far as keepsakes, have just a very, very small amount of things. And what we attempt to do now is to make memories. Hmm. We make memories with our children. Instead of, you know, a lot of gifts and things, let's go on a trip together. Let's do things like that instead of giving things Hmm. a a lot of times. So it was hard, much easier for Tim than it was for me. I will not say it was an easy journey for me. Literally, it took us two years. We thought this was going to be a quick, ah, we'll downsize in no time. But it took us about two years because every time you opened up a cabinet or a door, there was more stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that we had so much stuff. But that stuff, because it had become a burden to us, we were we donated so many things to people that we knew at church that needed things, to um, our local library. We took them like three vanfuls of books, and they were so appreciative. And so, even though they were a burden for us, they ended up becoming a blessing to other people because they weren't doing any good sitting in our basement in a box and... I went through some gut wrenching times, yes. Of gosh, do I want to give that up? But there's nothing now that I'm on this side of it that I think, gosh, I would, I wish I hadn't gotten rid of that. Right,
0: because many of it we can get again. So
1: yeah, but I don't. That's just the thing. I don't even want it again. I
0: just, I just remembered something that I wanted to ask about, and this could be actually a longer topic. But mm-hmm. during the time of the financial downturn, obviously we were a lot of under under a lot of stress and. Different people deal with stress in different ways. And and dating back years into the late 90s, you had had some, some health issues, probably stress dealing with family and all that we had discussed earlier. It's interesting that the Lord uses things like that at times, though, because at times when we were in some of our roughest financial situations, we would have Amazon deposit money in our bank account because of books you had written. Mm-hmm. Just real quick, let's backtrack to that time of you had had to do a special diet, and what came out of that was a book, mm-hmm. and that book continues to sell, and we still get money from that book,
1: yeah, um well, I was on a very, very restricted diet, um, could not have anything that had mold or fermentation or yeast. And uh, so, because you were
0: told you had, because
1: I was told that I had candidiasis, which everybody has candidiasis. It is a form of yeast that is in your intestines and it's what helps break food down. But if your good bacteria ever dies off for whatever reason, um, you know, antibiotics can do it, steroid use, mercury fillings, environmental toxins can all cause your good bacteria to die. And if that happens, then the bad bacteria the, or the candidiasis that is there will take over and it will multiply. And that is what had happened to mine. I had gotten a strep throat from our daughter that and um, ended up having to take antibiotics and get an antibiotic shot, which then I broke out in hives with uh, a reaction to the antibiotics. So then they gave me steroids for that. And then I'd gone to the doctor or the dentist and he had, um, taken out an old mercury filling from when I was younger. And I did all of that in like a two week period of time and got to the point where I could not even get out of bed. I was in such pain, such inflammation. It was horrible. And so the diet was part of the getting better and then chelation for aluminum and mercury poisoning.
0: And isn't this, I mean, this was late 90s. Mm-hmm.
1: And you couldn't go to the grocery store and find the gluten-free well, section like well, you do now. Well, in, yeah. in
0: today's world, mm-hmm. the, the term autoimmune yeah. is used. And in many ways, That's, people are dealing with a tremendous amount of inflammation, probably because of diets and things. We won't get yes. into that here. But this was kind of like an early... Mm-hmm indicator of that, that you were dealing with. I, I believe not a medic, but the stress adds to it quite a bit, yeah. but, but that's I'll where you were. It. Yeah. That's where you were. And there was not a lot of resources out there. No.
1: You couldn't go find cookbooks on it. You couldn't go to help food stores. I mean, I was doing everything from scratch and Luckily for me, I have this, I, I, a secret that I always wanted to be a mad professor, mad scientist. I Is guess it your that. superpower? And so I loved kind of getting in the kitchen and trying things and and using odd ingredients. And um. so I had done so much of that. Tim, finally, he was like, sweetie, you really ought to just write a cookbook so that other people would have this to go to as you know that helps them since you couldn't find anything to help you so that's what I did and um I guess it is gosh I don't even know how old it is now the cookbook but it's been selling on Amazon for a long time in like 27 countries and and we would I mean during our serious financial times that kept food on the table I would get this little check it might be 30 40 dollars it might be a hundred dollars but it was like oh thank you (laughs) that it would come in and it would it would pay for groceries
0: i think that the initial formation of that book is going on 20 years well now
1: so yeast free cooking yeah yeah Yeah. yeast free
0: cooking very unique and that's glory and she's Mm -hmm. also you know that's another great example of something that's really not good having some you know inflammation those type issues that the Lord using that because it literally has blessed us that Mm -hmm. you spent the time working on that book for some time. And then also, as we were going through the financial challenges in 08, 09, 10, you also dealt with some other health challenges that were quite difficult for us. And we were both, you know, probably our guts were turned inside out, but Mm We just say a, a little bit about that uh, and yeah and then that led up to a surgery that that you got
1: right i am um, during that time i was going through some other issues again um with family and the finances and i think it just and i was just trying to be strong but it was eating me up on the inside hmm. and i ended up having i guess hives and things like that, that I ended up scratching so much, I ended up with sepsis and, uh, pretty sick. And so the doctor put me on steroids to try to get everything healed. And which was great at first because I felt better than I had felt in so long.
0: It was a performance in Yeah. Here, so it said, was Whoo.
1: wonderful. <laughs> I, mean, I needed one hour sleep a night. I could just keep going and going. But the problem was, every time they tried to take me off of it, I would have relapses back. And so, we didn't have insurance, so uh, I couldn't even get some specialist to even take me. They, uh, So, I was kind of left with just having to continue to take the steroids. And I did that for three years, and I gained 90 plus pounds. Literally, it looked like if you got a sharp object anywhere near me, I would just burst. It was miserable. I felt horrible. Um, you know, of course, 90 pounds, none of my clothes fit. I had to buy all, you know, bigger clothes. And self-image was not good. I mean, it it was difficult to look in the mirror and see myself. In fact, we have some cooking videos <laughs> Of me from that time, and I, I can't even watch them because it just makes me hurt to know the pain that I was in and how bad I felt them.
0: I think they're on YouTube. You are probably wish I hadn't brought yeah. that up. You do
1: not have to go look that up. Anyway, um, but also I started having some issues. What I, I thought was my low back, and my sweet husband's. Advice to everything is go sweat, just go out and walk and sweat it off. You'll feel better. Go sweat.
0: Yeah, I'm a miracle worker. Thank (laughs) you very much for that. That was good encouragement.
1: And you know, I want to make him happy, so I try to go out and do these things, but man, it was just painful. I just felt horrible. Well, several years later, we find out that it's not my back, it's actually my hip, and I have no left hip at all. It had just degenerated. We don't know if it was from an injury at some point and the steroids that I had been on just made it worse. I really don't know what the reason was, Um, but it was, it was a really, really, on top of the finances, you add all that health stuff in. for me, it was extremely dark, depressing, (laughs) sad time.
0: Yeah, we, we've we gone back and discussed it, and we like to act like we're tough and everything, and <laughs> it's time for us to wrap this podcast up. We've gone a little longer, but we most likely during some of those times were depressed. We probably were. Because your health was very challenging. Finances were rough. We spoke in previous podcasts about the impact on our children. Having said all that, though, here we sit today, <laughs> We're now married over 30 years. Our children are doing doing well. We're
1: about to be grandparents We're for the We're about first to be time.
0: first-time grandparents.
1: You know, the thing is, we just never both quit at the same time.
0: I, I do think there might have been times that one of us wanted to quit, and God would never let us both quit at the same time. And
1: I'm not sure if it's even just quit on marriage. I think it would have just even been quit on like, just going, yeah, just I'm I'm done. <laughs> I don't even know what but that, we never, we never quit at the same time. We, yeah. that, that's good. We were always able to encourage each other. So yeah.
0: I love Glory Winters.
1: I love Tim Winters.
0: I am so glad that she's been on this podcast and we just hope that this is, I don't know, encourage you. It seemed like some of this might've been kind of, kind of a downer, but we just wanted to share, I guess, persistence and yeah, dedication and resolve and, and working through issues and, and letting the Lord be a part of all of those yes. things. And, and we believe, we truly believe that this is probably not a great deal because of us, that God's hand was in all of this. And just like we said earlier, if we never both quit at the same time, it was like God wouldn't let both of us. Maybe one would get discouraged and the other one would lift the other up and then vice versa. And. Anyway, it's just been a blessing married to this lady through all the challenging times. And we've got many, 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 many years to go. And uh, I just want to I want to thank her for joining me. I hope this has blessed someone. I know it's blessed just to get her perspective because I could share some of this and it just I don't think it would make sense to just hear me say it. But uh, this will most likely be the last episode for season one. I do think there may be a bonus episode just as a wrap-up, and I do want to let everyone know that we expect Season 2 to be titled The Nomad Life, and one of the things we'll be doing is we'll be talking more and describing, maybe in detail, and teaching how we traveled and lived in other people's homes. They handed us the keys, actually, and we did house-sitting. We traveled around the world. We did Australia, New Zealand, and all over the U.S. doing that, and then we'll also discuss... The RV life, traveling and living in an RV, how that came to be and some of the good things leading up to us getting an RV. And we're not definitely we're definitely not experts in that area, but but we're enjoying it and it's a lot of fun. And and so that was cool and interesting and just other things related to living the nomad life. I guess another topic there that we brought up earlier is that we'll talk about how we went through the downsizing process and and how we became what we now call essentialist and there's a real movement now for people that are doing that so make sure that you join us for season two i think it's going to be exciting and you'll get a lot out of it and the last thing that i want to say as i wrap up this episode and possibly this season is that one of the things that glory puts on her email address at the bottom is (laughs) you have been glorified (laughs) So I just want to thank her for being on this podcast episode and previous podcast episodes. And I just want to let everyone know, thank you for joining us on this podcast. You (laughs) have been glorified.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seek Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success and creating something new. We are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.